What's going on? And welcome to the Mike Janella Show. I'm your host, Mike. Obviously, this is my 82nd podcast episode. Hopefully, won't be my last. Getting close on that march to 100. Man, um, if you guys got any ideas how I should celebrate the 100th episode coming up uh, later this year, let me know. Start sending me some ideas uh, on the social media. But this week, more importantly, we've got... Uh, a man you either know for probably his basketball coverage or his pro wrestling coverage. It's Dave Schilling from Bleacher Report and most recently from the Masked Man Show on the Ringer Podcast Network. Uh, but not anymore. It's a podcast I listen to every week. But uh, Dave recently left the show and I asked him about it. So we're going to talk about that. We are going to talk about... Uh, LeBron and the Lakers, because that's who Dave really covers out there in Los Angeles, and the NBA season at large coming up. Just want to note, we recorded this before the Donald Trump going after LeBron on Twitter over the weekend, so unfortunately, I uh, did not get to chat with Dave about that, but if you follow him on Twitter, at Dave underscore Schilling, I think you'll see uh, a lot of his thoughts on what transpired between uh, the President of the United States and potentially the greatest basketball player of all time. And we're going to talk SummerSlam. Uh, I love doing some previews around the big uh, wrestling WWE pay-per-views. And uh, the week of SummerSlam, I'm actually going to be prepping for my brother's bachelor party in Vegas. So I'm not going to have much time to do any uh, prep then. So I figured, let me hit up Dave. We'll get there a little bit early, a couple weeks before SummerSlam. But we'll chat about that and how he would book the entire card in Brooklyn. All right, guys, uh, we're going to get to Dave in a sec, but real quick, just make sure to hit me up on social media. I'm at Mike Janella on everywhere, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook. Uh, just find me and make sure to tell a friend. If you like what you hear today, first time on the podcast, uh, subscribe. You know, get your downloads in, get the likes, get the ratings, get the reviews. Uh, just tell people where to find me. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Stitcher. We're on Spotify, Google Play. It's wherever you listen to podcasts, you're going to find me. All right? So thanks for joining along this week. And now, without further ado, uh, a man of many nicknames. Here he is, Dave Schilling. It is intellectual chocolate himself. Dave Schilling, what's happening, man? Hey, man. I... People have not used that nickname for me in a long time, so I'm glad you're bringing that back. I'm trying to. I, got I heard big daddy for a while. Yeah, well, you're the new dad, right? But I figured it's it's like Triple H. He has his 13 nicknames, so we can try and get you a couple back in rotation. I love it. I, I, I the more nicknames, the better for me. Thank you. Beautiful. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, I'm just picking off members of uh, of the JWO one by one. We've had that guy Greg on a couple times. We had Skylar Aston. And now you're the latest in line, so means a lot to me uh, as I'm collecting my uh, Infinity Huge. Stones of you guys. Uh, and this will be the biggest one Huge. yet. Huge. Once, once you get them all, snap your fingers, and then uh, we'll make Roman Reigns disappear. Boo, no, I'm a, I'm a Roman Mark, so you're talking to the wrong guy. We want to keep Roman. Maybe we can give her to somebody uh, else. I'm in the, I'm in the, my bad. All right, we'll... we'll, we'll. Alexa Bliss, how about that? <laughs> I like Alexa too. We'll, we'll figure it out later. We'll figure it out. We'll do like a fantasy right, draft. You right, and I right. can. I'll pick... find someone you hate. You'll find I'll... someone. There we go. I'll I'm find sure someone you, you hate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're not going to talk wrestling. We're going to talk some SummerSlam a little bit later. We're going to talk about you though, Dave, because I love talking to people on this show about where they got, how they got to where they are, and their careers, and kind of what a, a day or a week in their life is like doing what they do. Uh, but I start every episode with everyone the same way because I like to get off on a positive foot. So, Dave Schilling, I'm asking you this question. What's the best thing to happen in your life this week? This week? Oh, God. Last seven Uh, days. What's been the peak? Oh, man. Um, uh, I don't know. Not not eating uh, the cheeseburger I wanted to eat uh, because I'm trying to lose weight. 
He's like, oh, I'm going to go to In-N-Out. I'm going to get a cheeseburger. But you know what? You don't need cheeseburgers. Cheeseburgers are bad for you. So I was very proud of myself that I, uh, I shot down the voice in my head saying, eat like a turd because you can. So there you go. How about that? That's I love positive. it. Willpower. Watching yeah, keep my, it going. I'm watching my figure. Getting healthy. I like that. Yeah. I mean, there's still a lot now of summer left. Have, now that I don't have, yeah, now that I don't have Shoemaker on my back, I can focus on myself. <laughs> he was dragging you down. He's the anchor. You, you, uh, you oh, super yeah. kicked him through the play class window finally, which will get you on that rocket ship. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about that, Dave. Yeah, I'm going obviously... on my singles run. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Let's book the damn territory for you. Um, you've obviously, uh, you know, you've done the Masked Man show with Shoemaker. It's where a lot of people, I'm sure, know you from predominantly because of the wrestling talk. You're not on it anymore. It's been a couple weeks now that you've not gone on the show. Uh, what, what, what happened? What was the story there? What's, uh, what was that decision process? Yeah, I mean, essentially, uh, you know, Shoemaker told me, hey, I'm, I'm moving back to New York with the valet. Uh, I was like, oh, really? That's... Uh, that could, you know, be weird for the show, difficult for the show. And I thought, you know, maybe this is a good opportunity for me to strike out on my own, do my own thing, and uh, spread my wings, so to speak. You know, I'm betting on myself that, uh, you know, I can I can do stuff, uh, you know, other stuff. It, it was a good run. We had a great time. You know, we're, we're, we're good buddies. Uh, it just felt like, you know, this is a good, good time to go out on top and, uh, you know, I didn't want to do a show remotely. I don't think David wanted to do a show remotely either, uh, where, like, I'm coming into the studio and we're talking over the phone. Because sometimes it doesn't have the same spark when you're sitting across from someone versus on the phone. Not to say that this podcast is not amazing. <laughs> Are we lacking is, spark here? Idea. Is that a problem? You know, it give us, like, two years together in a room, and I guarantee you... It would be better than this. No, uh, it's true. I mean, I do this. A, I'm just, I'm teasing. No, no, it's true, though, because I, I do can't. this. I'm exclusively over the phone because I talk to people all across the country, so it's all remote and it's someone different every week. But when you are with the same person week after week, you need that rapport, and you only get that rapport. I think I agree with you. If I was doing this with the same co-host every week, I would want to do it in person, too. So I can get why that would be weird, just talking to yeah. someone about wrestling every week over it's the phone. Just, it just changes the show. You know, you can do a great podcast like this one over the phone, <laughs> but when you when you change the format like that, when we've got two years under our belt of doing it together in a room, and then it's not, it's like mm, this is not going to be the same thing. So it just felt like this is a good time after two years of doing this to let it, let it go and let him let him do it in New York. Uh, it just felt right, and uh, that was that was the thought process behind it. Was this your so first? So I've got some. Uh, I got some. Yeah. Go ahead, See, sorry. this is what happens when you're on the phone. You don't get that that same. It's that, that timing. Exactly. Gets off. See, it, we're proving the point. Right I don't here. know when you're ready to start talking. For <laughs> fuck's sake, let me know. Uh, I'm gonna have to start doing uh, like real FaceTime videos or our Skype videos instead of just audio stuff, so we can have at least something going on. Uh, well, what are your plans? Like, so you say you got some big stuff coming, spreading your wings. Anything you can discuss, or you have maybe in, in on deck that you can. Explain a little bit more. Nothing I can talk about. Uh, There are things that could happen, things that could not happen. It's just not, you know, I'm not in a place to talk about it. But there are things that, you know, the the, the big reason why I left was because I wanted to do my own show. You know, I've been the co-host for a couple years. I felt like I, I, 
you know, got my chops, got my reps in, and, and now I want to do my own thing. And I, I think, uh, you know, Shoemaker was on GP for a while. He went off, did his own thing, and I think it was my it was my time. Brian Campbell was on GP. He went on to do his own thing. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was my time to do my own thing. And, uh, yeah, so there, there's opportunities that uh, will present themselves, hopefully, and, uh, you know, the, the Internet will be the first to know. All right, well, looking my forward to the scoop. Is. is it something, the multimedia thing? Because you're, you're a writer by trade, or you have been yeah. for the longest time, but was getting into podcasting, doing any video, maybe that kind of stuff, was that something you've always wanted to do or feel like you have to do because of the way we consume media these days? Or how did this all fall into place for you going from just written word to other stuff? It's a little bit of both. You know, I wanted to do stuff. Uh, I felt like I had an aptitude for it. But at the same time, you do have to do it in media now. You have to have some sort of ancillary content that you're making, whether it's video content, podcast, radio show, something. Uh, because you can only do so much as a writer. You kind of hit a ceiling uh, with what you can accomplish and, and, and the, the kinds of the amount of money you can make. So it was important to me that. I, I cultivated this from, from an early stage of my career. Uh, and then working at Grantland for a year, like podcasts were a huge part of the company or part of the publication, part of the website. Uh, so it was, it was kind of ingrained in me early that this was something that was going to be the future of media. And I think that's certainly been proven to be true uh, in the years since Grantland shut down. Yeah, Bill Simmons loves himself a podcast, and now he's got a whole network of them. Uh, but it was prescient. Like, That's it works right. out. People are listening to him all the time. And the four people that listen to mine are, I think, in that same category. Um, we'll talk more wrestling. Shout out to those four people. Yeah, the we four love you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The four Janellemen. Uh, are you going to stick with, like, well, you don't have to say what exactly your projects may be, but because you write, you know, cover NBA too and a lot of other stuff. Are you going to be focusing on just wrestling, on some basketball? Will it be everything under the Dave Schilling sun? Like, what what are you envisioning your your personal brand being now that you get to spread these wings? I, I can't be specific, but I can say that it will be a lot of stuff. Oh, all right. It will be things. It will be there, wrestling may or may not be involved. I can't say. Okay. There's a wrestling component to it potentially. But I can't really say. It's just not not a good time to talk about these things. You don't want to put that energy out in the world and then and then it, it, it fall apart and you look like a fool. You know what I mean? It, ha- it happens we'll to me more happens. often than you think. Yeah, so I, I get you. Yeah, when the ink is dry, you'll know. All right, beautiful. Sir. Well, until then, uh, what's, your, what's your life like now? Because your official title, I guess, or your main job, your writer at large at Bleacher Report, like, what does that Correct. mean? Are you going into the office every day? Or are you just kind of writing when you feel like it, reporting when you feel like it? What's a, a typical week professionally like for you? Uh, there's no office in Los Angeles for Bleacher Report. I don't go to any office. I write from home. Uh, I'm most busy during the NBA season, and right now it's very slow. Now the free agency is over and before training camp, but when training camp starts, I'll be going to the Lakers practice facility most days, going to Laker games most nights, and taking care of my kid. That is my life. And then I'll do freelance things here and there for other publications. I did some stuff for New York Magazine recently. Uh, I did a Kenny Omega profile recently that wasn't for Bleacher Report. I'm just I'm out there. I'm trying to keep busy 
while NBA season is in hibernation. Thoughts on this upcoming season? It's going to be a little bit different covering the Lakers this year. Yeah, it might actually be fun this time. <laughs> uh, I think they're going to end up being a three seed, and they're going to probably lose in the conference semifinal, second round. Wow, three seed. You're going that high. Yeah, definitely. Well, think about the teams in the Western Conference. Houston and, and Golden State are both very good, though you could argue that Houston got slightly worse mm-hmm. because of the loss of uh, Ariza and Bamute. And they the addition the of Carmelo, of which Carmelo is addition by, or subtraction yeah. by addition. Exactly. Uh, then who else do you have in that Western Conference? You've got New Orleans, which, you know, they were New Orleans lost Boogie Cousins. Not that they had him for most of the season, but he could have propelled them up the, the standings a little bit if he would have been healthy for them coming off of that injury. Uh, San Antonio, definitely worse. I don't think you can say that losing Kawhi and getting DeMar DeRozan makes them a better team. Well, they didn't have Kawhi at all last year, and they still won 47 games, so you could say they're better. You could argue that. I, I could argue that, but I don't believe it now that the Lakers are in the Western Conference. I mean, now that LeBron is in the Western Conference, those are they're, they're going to play the Lakers a lot. And LeBron, whether or not you want to admit it, is still very good for his age. For uh, any age. <laughs> for any age, yes. He's one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Utah could get better. I could see Utah being a three seed, maybe four seed, somewhere in that in that range. Uh, am I forgetting anyone? I don't really Oklahoma think so City? in terms of... Oh boy, get out of here! They, were, <laughs> they got they you're got not, waxed by Utah. You're not buying the Russ and PG year two. They're taking a leap together. No, no, man. There's no leap to be had in in this at this stage of either of their careers. Okay, and Dennis Schroeder's they, they are, not they, putting them over the top. No. All right. LeBron James is has changed the entire gravity of that conference, and Oklahoma City. Obviously, with Russell Westbrook, is a great offensive team. Paul George is an above-average wing defender. But they haven't gotten appreciably better. They haven't added any pieces that are going to change the makeup of that team that lost in the first round to the Jazz, to a team led by a rookie. The San Antonio at least got rid of Kawhi, and now they'll have DeMar DeRozan. But who's playing around him? Is San is, is San Antonio? Uh, you know, is, is that franchise on on the come down? Probably. I don't know. It just seems to me that there's not a lot of room for teams to leap the Lakers because it's just the LeBron factor. LeBron carried the, a pretty bad Cavs team to the finals. Yeah, four straight times. Uh, which, yeah, I mean, look, I'm and, with they you. and they won one, and they won one, won one. I'm with you. I'm just they playing a devil's advocate here for everybody. History. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, are you? What are you? What's your sense in terms of? Because now, I, my favorite narrative in the summer, at least, with this LeBron thing, is are Lakers fans accepting him? Especially like the Kobe stands, right? You're on the ground, and you're pretty tapped into this fan base. What's that like in terms of the people that you're immersed with on Twitter, in person, whatever? He hasn't played a single game. So there are going to be people who are going to say, prove it, show me something. People who are, again, like you said, Kobe fans who are really, really loyal to to Kobe Bryant. 
because they grew up with him. He's been the king of Los Angeles for 20 years, et cetera, et cetera. Won, won five NBA championships. Went to seven finals. Uh, you know, a resume that's hard to hard to beat. If LeBron James leads the Lakers to the playoffs and they get deep into the playoffs, if they win more than 50 games, he's the king. Right now, there are a lot of people who are just embracing him naturally. His jersey's flying off the shelves. People are very excited about this. There are Laker fans, diehard Laker fans, who have been miserable in this wilderness period who are very happy to have him. And anybody who's on the fence will stop being on the fence if they go to the playoffs, if they make a run. They get bounced in the first round and it's ugly. Maybe not. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think there's, they're going to end up playing a middling Minnesota team, maybe New Orleans. Uh, maybe if the Clippers make a run uh, and win 40 games or something for some ungodly reason, they'll play the Lakers. But I, I think second round exit is a perfectly reasonable thing, and people will be fine with that because and it's that'll been be so enough. long. That'll be enough just to get us to year two. And get rid of all of these bizarre one-year contracts with the Rondos and Lance Stevensons of the world. And maybe they get another superstar, and then they can make a real run at the, at the, the conference finals. And that's why he signed but a four-year is, deal. He's, it's a long-term plan, unlike his last four or five years. So I think that's a big part of the, yes. uh, the algebra. Exactly. Exactly. He's making a home here. He's planning the next three to four years of his life around being in Los Angeles. And that is... That's a big thing that allows the Lakers to do some fiddling to not feel like they have to rush. Cause that was one problem. I think the Cavs had is every year they had to prove themselves to him again and make a lot of, you know, kind of rash decisions uh, around picking up maybe guys who didn't really move the needle, like a Kyle Korver who you could say, Oh, he's a great shooter. He's a great shooter. That's what you need around LeBron, but he didn't really make an impact in the finals. So Tristan Thompson contract, of, too. <clears throat> yeah, there's stuff like that well, every year. Well, Tristan, Tristan Thompson has you know, got that contract for a very good reason because he's a clutch sports guy. KCP is, is uh, the same in the same boat in that he got a big contract because he's a clutch sports guy. So when you have the LeBron uh, sort of cosign, you get a little extra money. It's who so that's know. LeBron's yeah. fault. Well, yeah, you can't blame the Cavs for having to sign Tristan Thompson. Well, to appease LeBron, you got to do what you got to do. But like you say, they can clear the deck at least in LA for next year. He is the greatest player still in the league. In my opinion, do what you got to do. What do you like? uh, What do you like covering more basketball or wrestling? Basketball is more fun. Wrestling can be really depressing because it's a story. And if the story is told poorly, there's not a whole lot to enjoy. Uh, Especially in WWE, where it feels like it's the same thing every week, mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a paint by numbers formula sort of product. Where basketball still can surprise you. You can watch a basketball game, and crazy things can happen. But if you're watching an average episode of Monday Night Raw or SmackDown, sort of like I'm gonna fast forward through as much of this as I can, so it's over. It's that sad, kind of but thing. it's true. I mean, at its best, yeah. like I argue, at its best, you know, wrestling because it is scripted can be so much better because you're guaranteed they're trying to entertain you. Whereas a Bucks, I don't know, Suns game in like February, it could be a complete 
disaster and not worth watching. But the cons- yeah. you, you need good storytelling then, like you said, and that's the problem. When that's not there, then the wrestling becomes a, a slog. But here's the magic of the National Basketball Association. It's not just one game on at a time. Right, that's true. I can pick which game I'm going to watch. If it's Monday or Tuesday and I want to watch wrestling, I can either watch Raw or I can watch SmackDown or I can watch the network, old shows, or maybe I've got it. I can watch the G1 on New on New Japan World or something. But if I want to watch contemporary live professional wrestling, it has to be WWE. There is not a lot of options if you want to see live product. Yeah. Whereas the NBA, I don't have to watch the Bucks. I don't have to watch the Suns. I don't have to watch the Kings. I can watch the Warriors every night if I want to. That's true. That's a great point. So how this season are you anticipating covering you know, LeBron, the Lakers, differently than maybe other people have in the past? Because you're not a beat writer, so you don't have to worry about like the ins and outs. How do you think about pieces, brainstorm, approach things differently to make you stand out and how you're going to be covering this stuff? Well, I, I think the interesting thing for this year is going to be how the things outside of basketball influence LeBron or LeBron influences things outside of basketball. You know, his, like his school and entertainment or what? Everything. Everything. Literally everything. You took, the, you took the biggest star in sports in the country, at least, maybe top ten in the world, and you put him in the second largest city in America – the, the hub of media and entertainment in America is here. Everything is here. Uh, it's a perfect story to see how he interacts with the culture, how he interacts with politics, how he interacts with the city at, in the micro. He, he, he's going to... It, it's going to be a huge story from, from every angle. Just because he's LeBron James in Los Angeles instead of Cleveland. Or even Miami. Miami's a big city, but Miami is not Los Angeles. Different stratosphere than the LA. Only thing right. that, yeah, the only thing, the only story that could be bigger than LeBron coming here would be maybe LeBron going to the Knicks. Because the sports media is so much more polarized in New York. Uh, and there's maybe more print, print journalists and, and, and TV journalists there, but... LeBron's aim here is to do movies and television and, and to be a celebrity. Also, you've got to factor in LeBron's son. It's going to high school. LeBron's son is going to be a circus. Wherever yeah, how many How many of Bronny's games do you think you'll be at this year? <laughs> I might be covering Bronny more than LeBron. <laughs> I mean, his YouTube like, clips it's, are it's, insane, man. I, I love the kid. I don't even know anything about him. It's it's really like like the Kennedys in the White House, like Camelot. Like that's the level of story that it is, as opposed to wins and losses and X's, X's and O's. There's a lot of opportunity to do stories outside of the norm of basketball. And that's the exciting part, and that's the thing that I can do at Bleacher Report that maybe you can't do at ESPN, because that's not what they do. Mm-hmm. But we cover the culture of sport as much as we cover the sport itself. The sport itself, right. So what's kind of your grand plan? We're not talking specifics because, again, we're not putting out things into the universe in case they fall apart, but are you hoping to be like a book writer someday? Are you hoping to get, you know, TV spots, uh, you know, taking 
stuff like this that's more in-depth, covering stuff beyond the sports themselves? Like, 10 years from uh, now, what's the Dave Schilling long-term you know, macro plan? To be rich. Oh, yeah, it's good. That works. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I haven't decided what I want to do yet. All I know I want to do is buy a boat. Mm, you have a what name for I it yet? What do I to do to buy a boat, baby? What's that? You got a name for it yet? Stugats. <laughs> Just like from The Sopranos. Yep, yep, of course. You're talking to a guy from Jersey. I, of course I know the Stugats. There you go, baby. Yeah, Stugats. Love Gabagool. it. You know what I mean. Oh, yeah, mozzarella. And yeah, we can go all day. I'm not even all Italian, but shit. all that Jersey stuff. There you go. Okie dokie. Ah. It's a me, I'm Mario. <laughs> I'm just going to let you keep rolling, and whenever you're done, you let me no, know. No, I'm done. You're good? I'm, you got I'm out of your system? <laughs> I've, I've said enough. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, uh, we I don't want to keep you for too long because you're actually going to a Dodgers game tonight, right? You're right. I'm in the car right now. So if you hear me, uh, you know, honk my horn, it's because people in L.A. don't know how to drive. But, yeah, I got a Dodger game tonight. Very exciting. I don't get to go out very much because of my son. So it's a special night. Ah, beautiful. And as we're recording, they're playing the Astros tonight, a little World Series rematch. That's a nice little game yeah, you got yourself going to. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> All right. We won't. Um, let's talk wrestling then. I know WWE, it's like not the most, uh, your favorite product, uh, but SummerSlam is coming up and I wanted to get to you before all the craziness. Are you going to New York for it or no? Probably not. I mean, I can get, I, I got free tickets, but it's expensive oh, to fly out me. there and yeah, yeah, I'm a special guy. Uh, yeah, I do think I'm going to skip it this year. I, I, I don't know. All right. But, well, Let's I just, think it's going to be a good card. I think it's going to be a good show. I think so, too. And what I'm, I was hoping, I'm optimistic about it. Well, if they do everything right. So that's going to lead me into what I wanted to do. I don't want to do predictions because what's the point? But I want to run through the card quickly, and we don't have to spend a lot of time on all these matches, at least what's been confirmed so far. But I would like to know, Dave, what you, what you would do to make it entertaining. How would you book it? Um, and then what the fallout would be. You want to just run through the card real quick as it stands right now? Yeah, throw a match at me, and I'll tell you what I would do, right. what I want to do. Beautiful. Uh, we're just going in reverse order of Wikipedia listing here. Um, Cedric Alexander versus Drew Gulak, Cruiserweight Championship. Ooh, boy. Wow. I would give them 25 minutes, and I would let Cedric Alexander win uh, clean in the middle of the ring. Next match. Give them 25 minutes to have a clean finish. Let them show off. Sorry, go ahead, continue. I just want to elaborate on that a little bit. <laughs> no Dusties, no Schmazes. We're letting Cedric walk out of Brooklyn. Title over, overhead. Get the belt. Uh, let him keep the belt. Yeah, next one. Uh, speaking of belts, uh, triple threat match. SmackDown Women's Championship. Carmella, <laughs> Becky, Charlotte. What would you do? Oh, man. Okay, so I would have Becky have the uh, her in the disarmor, uh, Carmella. Ready to tap out. Charlotte pops out from, uh, you know, outside of the ring, grabs Becky, throws her off, hits natural selection on Becky, and then uh, gets the figure eight on uh, Carmella. Carmella taps out. Charlotte turns heel on Becky Lynch. And then Becky chases until Evolution? I think yeah. Then they have a big blow up at Evolution, but I think Char- Charlotte has to has to go over because, well, no, because 
Because you want Charlotte and Rousey to main event WrestleMania, so maybe Charlotte loses the belt and then goes to Raw and challenges Ronda. But then she needs the momentum going into WrestleMania to seem unbeatable, so I think she has to beat Becky, I think. Unfortunately, Becky Lynch is the plucky baby face who doesn't doesn't go over. Uh, a role so, yeah. she's getting used Charlotte, to. Charlotte's going to bury her. But it, it, Charlotte versus Ronda is a more important match. I'm sorry. That is the biggest women's wrestling match of all time when they when they finally book it. So, Agreed. sorry Becky Lynch, you're not Charlotte. <laughs> yeah, sorry Bex, but there's uh, there's bigger stuff happening here than you. Uh, next match, singles match for the WWE Intercontinental Championship, Dolphin Seth. How would you book it? Oh boy. Um This is a tough one. It is. And as of right now, we're recording this like still a couple weeks out. There's nothing about McIntyre banned from ringside or anything like that. So we're just calling it as it currently is. I mean, I don't see any reason for Seth Rollins to still be the Intercontinental Champion, but I do think this is a perfect opportunity for Dean Ambrose to make his triumphant return, take out Dolph, Dolph Ziggler, take out Drew McIntyre, Help our boy win the belt and have a happy ending there. So I'm going to go with Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose embracing in the middle of the ring. It'll be beautiful. There you go. All right, some uh, some shield related chicanery to use, coin a phrase of yours. I got well, I got I got another one to drop on you a little bit later. So oh, big chicanery hang tight here. All right, holding tight. Yes. Um, next up, as listed here, uh, Braun versus KO with the uh, Money in the Bank contract on the line? Or do you want to save this for maybe talking about it with Lesnar-Roman jointly? Oh, no, 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 no. I, I, I think that in this match, Braun Strowman wins and keeps the briefcase. Easy, just over, clean? Finish. Kevin Owens does not need, does not need to, the briefcase, he does not need to be challenging for the title right now. I don't think he's the, the best first opponent for, for Roman Reigns, so... Let's wipe that off the board. All right. Ron Strowman with the briefcase. Next one, SmackDown tag titles. Uh, The Bludgies against the TBD as we're recording this. It's either the New Day or the Bar. So I guess who would you have winning out of that? And then who would you have winning the actual SummerSlam match? Uh, uh, There's a reason why the Bar came back. So to to challenge for the belt and to job out. They were off TV for a long time. I know Sheamus has got some issues with spinal stenosis, so they're not really going to be making a big, long run, I don't think. So I would say the bar wins. They beat the New Day because the New Day doesn't need to win any belts. They don't need to win any matches. They're over forever to the end of time. And then the bar gets squashed by the Bludgeon Brothers. Sad. No, oh. no reason to to yeah, no reason to put the belts back on Sheamus and Cesaro. Totally unnecessary. The Bludgeon Brothers need to build up as much heat as possible to then, you know, lose to someone impactful, something that matters. So that's what I that's what I would do. All right, uh, let's keep this train going. Uh, SmackDown Men's Title: AJ versus Samoa Joe. Tough one. This is tough. Uh, AJ's been AJ champ Styles, forever, I man. I think it's time to shake it he's up. He's been champ for a long. He's been champ for a, for a long time. He's also not really done a whole lot from a storytelling perspective with that belt. They've just kind of thrown 
random challengers at him, and it hasn't been all that compelling. And it's not AJ's fault. AJ Styles is one of the best in-ring performers of all time. It's just that it doesn't seem like the company is motivated to have him be the show showpiece, centerpiece of the show, or to, to really write much around him. It seems like Daniel Bryan is far more of a focus for the show than AJ Styles, for whatever reason. So yeah, I, I kind of tend to agree that it, it's a good opportunity to shake things up and put the belt on a heel, a heel who can really do everything. Uh, Samoa Joe can cut a great promo that can carry a feud, uh, he can work a great match. I think a really good fall program for the belt, assuming that Daniel Bryan resigns in September, is Daniel Bryan versus Samoa Joe for the WWE Championship. Uh, there are a lot of baby faces that can work with Samoa Joe on SmackDown. Um, you know, maybe Jeff Hardy gets the gets the call up to to work in the main event uh, with Samoa Joe. I think Jeff Hardy would be it would be a great option for for a feud in the next couple months. Um, obviously, you've got Survivor Series, which means they'll probably be doing brand versus brand, uh, champion versus champion again. So Samoa Joe versus Roman Reigns could be a fun little feud. Samoa Joe uh, so versus we'll, Joe from Samoa. Exactly. I mean, it's not like we haven't seen this match a million times, but it could be different if Samoa Joe is walking around with the title this time. Right, and maybe so, Roman yeah, too. Yeah, and maybe Roman too. I I could see this going either way, but if I had to choose, if I had to book WWE through the fall months into WrestleMania and you know Royal Rumble WrestleMania season, I would want a heel champion in Samoa Joe. Uh, so that's where I'm going, and I think I think Joe has to win semi clean. I would do a thing where he works a body part. AJ can't do the the phenomenal forearm uh, coming off the rope because of his leg, and then he. He falls into the coquina clutch and has to. Maybe he doesn't tap out. Maybe he passes out. Right. He's such a he's such a troop. Sort of a you know Austin the WrestleMania Austin, 13 right. situation. Yeah. Everything that's you want to make him will look be done again. Still. Exactly. Uh, before so branching off that because we mentioned him, uh, it's not official yet, but I'm assuming we're getting the Miz and uh, Daniel Bryan. Uh, not knowing if Bryan's going to resign in the fall, how would you book that one? Well. This is a toughie. Again, these are a lot of these are tough because you don't. There's certain elements you don't know, but let's assume that he's re-signing because I think it would be bizarre for him not to. I think it'd be a very strange choice because Brie Bella, his wife, is a big part of WWE's shoulder programming. With yeah, Total how Bellas. would Daniel Bryan be on Total Bellas and me watch it every Sunday if he he's would. in Ring of Honor New Japan? He he wouldn't be. He wouldn't be on the show at all. And they would heart, cut him out, and my heart would break. Yeah, it would be weird for Bree. It'd be bad politically for Bree. And Daniel Bryan, I think, is going to be super valuable to WWE as they go into this Fox contract. So they're going to, I think, at some point just have to say, look, just give him as much money as he wants and let's get this over with. Promise him a title reign or something. Let him let him book his own interviews. I, I don't know. Some, I, I just, it doesn't seem logical to me to let him walk. So let's assume he's going to stay. I think the Miz has to win. I think the Miz has to cheat to win. I don't know if you have, you know, maybe somebody debut from NXT or or something, but the Miz 
wins, and we need to get a second and a third match out of this. I think this is a, a trilogy. I think Daniel Bryan has to fight from underneath to finally get that big win, and maybe the third match is at WrestleMania. This is there's there's they're good enough. We've seen that with their promos uh, this month to carry this feud all the way to April if they really wanted to. They really, really put their mind to it and found a way to separate them for a couple months, have them do a, you know, a tag match at Survivor Series or something, and then have them blow it off at Mania, maybe even for the belt. Maybe it's, maybe it's uh, Brian versus Miz for the title at WrestleMania. I don't know, but you don't, you don't end this after one match. So I, I think, I would say even, even if Daniel Bryan doesn't re-sign the Miz wins, I think the Miz gets this gets this big big uh, victory on pay per view against his arch rival, but with Shakaner. Yeah, it would be funny if they just book this rivalry for the next year based on whose show is currently airing, whether it's Miz or Misses or <laughs> Total Bellas and Total Divas, uh, which I wouldn't it's put great it past. Advertising. I wouldn't put it past creative. It's great to, advertising. Yeah, synergy, yep. baby. Um, all right, next to last match listed so far, the uh, Raw Women's Title: Alexa versus Ronda. Is Ronda finally getting it? Finally, quote unquote. No reason to keep the belt off. Don't yeah. Finally, after a few months, <laughs> right. no reason to keep the belt off of her. She's the biggest star in, in the company. The bigger star than Roman Reigns. She Ronda Rousey is the biggest star in WWE. Full stop. Put the belt on her. Her both of her matches that she's wrestled on pay per view have been superb, mm-hmm. especially compared to our expectations. She can do it. She doesn't have to wrestle every week with the belt. Brock Lesnar certainly doesn't. Yeah. So why not give her the championship? She can start to, she can, when she's doing impress, when she's doing Colbert or whatever, she can bring the belt. She can represent WWE. As far as we know, this could be her only year in the company. Yeah. So put the belt on her. There's right. no reason to hold off on this. There are not enough. Uh, people for Alexa Bliss to work with that she hasn't worked with to, to make it make sense for her to keep the belt. Also, it makes no sense for her to to, to even be in a, in, a, in, a, in a fight with Ronda Rousey. She's like, you know, almost under four feet. She's five feet tall. It probably weighs 110 pounds. And you can't teach that. She doesn't know... She, yeah, God knows if she's ever thrown an actual punch in her life. <laughs> Ronda Rousey would kill her just by staring at her in a real fight. It's ridiculous to think that she could, you know, actually have any sort of competition with Ronda Rousey. So it would stretch credibility for her to be the baddest woman on the planet. Is this she thing going to be? Job. Is it going to be a squash? It fucking should absolutely be a squash. There's no reason for. Her. Ronda Rousey to sell a bunch for little Alexa Bliss. Just get it over with. Give her the title. She's the biggest star in the company. Let her run. I love it. Well, if she's going to be the Brock Lesnar type champion, maybe not week in, week out on Raw, does that mean that Roman Reigns is going to be holding down the belt every single Monday night? Brock and Roman, what are you booking? Yeah, I think Roman Reigns wins. Finally it. This is a real finally. this, yeah, let's fi- finally thank fucking God. But let's let's talk about how it happens. All right, so this is the bomb you're dropping. I think we all, well, it's not so much of a bomb. Okay. But it's something that 
I think has to happen for any of this to make sense. Roman Reigns has proven multiple times that he cannot beat Brock Lesnar on his own, right? Yep. Simply just can't. WrestleMania 31, Seth Rollins cashed in. He beat Roman Reigns. He won the belt. WrestleMania 34, Brock basically squashed the shit out of him. And Greatest Royal Rumble, Brock basically, you know, should have won clean, but there was, you know, the weird finish because of the botch. So now here we are, after all of that, Brock Lesnar seems unbeatable. Roman Reigns, despite it all, still seems like he believes in himself. But Brock Lesnar is an unstoppable monster. A lot of people have said, well, Paul Heyman's going to turn. Paul Heyman's going to turn on Brock Lesnar. What does that really do for Roman Reigns to have Paul Heyman as his mouthpiece? I don't think that means anything. I don't think that helps Roman Reigns. I think Paul Heyman is a natural heel. They don't seem to want to turn Roman Reigns heel. They certainly can't turn Roman Reigns heel by having Paul Heyman join him now after Brock Lesnar has so firmly ensconced himself on the heel side and has, you know, beat the shit out of Paul Heyman or choked him out. So who's going to help Roman Reigns win this match? We've already had... Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins embrace in my fantasy book, SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. So what better thing to do than to, to call back to WrestleMania 31 and the cash-in, the heist of the century. And in the middle of the match, similar to the middle of the match at WrestleMania 31, Seth Rollins' music hits. People are like, what is happening? He doesn't have the briefcase. What's he doing? Well, he comes out, and let's say it's a no-DQ match, or the referee has been knocked out. So Seth, we're wondering what's going to happen. Seth, of course, helps Roman Reigns, but Brock fights him off, keeps beating the shit out of him, both of them. And then Dean Ambrose comes out, and Ambrose hits Brock Lesnar with Dirty Deeds. Then you get the stomp from... Seth Rollins, and then finally, at the end, you get the spear from Roman Reigns. Referee wakes up. One, two, three. Roman Reigns is your new Universal Champion, and the Shield embraces in the middle of the ring at the end of the show. This is why they call it fantasy booking because it's never going to happen. But I love it. Nope. I would be. I would sign up for it. I would. I would pop. No, but exactly what's going to happen is Paul Heyman's going to turn on Brock Lesnar, and he's going to help Roman Reigns win the belt. All right. We shall but see. But whatever. I think my version's better because yeah, your Roman version's Reigns entertaining. story Roman Reigns' story has always been about his relationship to Seth and Dean and the Shield brothers and who those guys are. Brothers. He's always more compelling with those guys, either fighting them or fighting with them. And if you're going to have him finally beat his greatest rival, he should have his brothers by his side. Yeah. I dig it. Yeah, for better or worse, those three are intertwined for the rest of their careers, and you just got to lean into it sometimes and make the best storytelling you can with that reality. So this would do it. Yep. But like you said, it's not going to happen, and uh, we'll see. Well, nope. f- fingers crossed. Um, all right, Dave. Well, I'm going to let you go soon, but we do end the show with the same two segments every time. And the first one is uh, turning the tables. You don't have to if you don't want to, but if you'd like to turn the tables and ask me any one question, I'd like to share the spotlight here. Go for it. 
Why do you like Roman Reigns? <laughs> uh, it started off a little bit ironically, uh, just because everyone hated him so much, and I didn't understand why. Uh, but now it's, I just like, it's like a meta thing. I like him trying to win people over, the struggle that he's gone through to get better at promos, uh, to deliver good work in the ring. So I kind of like the, the idea and the story of Roman more than the character itself sometimes. But I just, I lean into it, and I just like that whole, the meta-narrative of him sort of behind the scenes as much as what he does on TV, and it just, it's fun to cheer him when everyone else is booing him, so I'm, I'm that guy, at least when it comes to Roman. Interesting. So you, you, you're just a heel. You just like to heel and, and cheer for the guy everybody hates. I get that. All only, right, that's only fine. Only when it I comes used... to Roman, because I, I do love, I'm generally, you know, I'm a boo the bad guys person, and I cheer the baby faces. Like, Seth is probably my favorite wrestler for real. But Roman, I just love yep. the whole aura, the behind-the-scenes, the narrative, all that. Sure, fair enough, fair enough. I'm so, not going to quibble with that. Yeah, he entertains me. Um, cool, so let's go to the last segment, Dave. It's the Fun Five. These are five uh, quick, fun questions designed for you and you alone. Uh, you've mentioned early that you're a dad, a relatively new dad. Everyone knows the best part about being dad, right? you got your kid, and you're, you're proud of it, and all that kind of stuff. What's the worst part of fatherhood for you so far? Uh, the worst part of fatherhood is probably just the way that he dictates my schedule. What he ha- what he needs is more important than what I need. And, uh, that's, it takes a lot of getting used to is somebody matters in the world more than yourself. You know, you can't be, se- you can't be a selfish human being anymore. You have to be totally selfless and you have to, you know, really, care about him and, and what he wants and needs more than what you want and need. And that's, that's a huge, huge change in how your, th- your thinking works. That sounds like parenthood. Uh, question number two, uh, if you could tag with any wrestler currently, who would it be? Uh, Sasha Banks. Oh, mixed match challenge style. Yeah. I just want to get to know her, be, <laughs> be around her. Just her general vicinity and atmosphere. Yeah. I like it. We don't have to talk or anything. I just want to, like, kind of be there. Yeah, that's great. I'll help her out when she needs help. You know, if I if I need to run errands for her, I'll do that. <laughs> if she needs someone to do her laundry, happy to do that. This sounds more like a, a manager or a reverse valet than a tag partner, but I'm sure the no, relationship will rest- work I'll be out. wrestling, too. I'll right. wrestle, too. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll mostly just be waiting for that hot tag. But uh, Nothing beats yeah, a Dave Schilling hot do all tag. The hard work. Um, fun That's fact, right. that was actually the one of the questions I interviewed with WWE a few years ago to work on their social media team. And that's one of the questions they ask you in like the HR round of interviews. Who would you tag with the most? I thought that was super interesting to know that they actually incorporate that into their hiring practices. But good answer. That's awesome. Well, shit. Um, question, Thank you. Yeah. Uh, question three. Uh, by the same token, covering your other professional uh, capacity, if you could play on a team with any current basketball player, NBA player, who would it be? Nick Young. Swaggy Pete. Yeah, I just I, he just seems like a fun guy. And he, I just yeah. want to be his pal. Yeah. <laughs> In both cases, both Sasha Banks and Nick Young, I just want to be their friend. Right, more That's than anything. Really He'd yeah. be able to find you some trouble, uh, some good trouble, I'm sure, too. Uh, That's that, the that idea. That guy's got stories. You're right about that one. Um, question number four. Have you, at Dave underscore Schilling, ever made contact with at Dave Schilling, he of the 170 followers on Twitter? Yeah, actually I have. Uh, when I was hired at 
Grantland. Uh, Bill Simmons tweeted, uh, congratulations to Dave Schilling on joining the team, etc., etc." And he, he tagged at Dave Schilling. And so he got a bunch of, you know, <laughs> notifications and stuff. And I was like, Hey, that's not me. That guy's not me. He's like, yep, yeah, you're right. I don't work at Grantland. I don't know Bill Simmons. So yeah, he seems like a swell guy. <laughs> The weird thing is, he's listed as David. That's what he calls himself, but then he took what should be your handle. Like, what the hell, David? Yeah, he's an asshole. What a dick. I mean, he's, I'm sure he's a nice guy, but he definitely pulled a dick move on me. Just squatting on it. Well, it hasn't stopped you from reaching uh, the modicum of professional success you have. So good on you overcoming these tremendous odds. I never, I never, I never give up, just like John Cena. That's it. We can see you, though, which is a good thing for all your fans. Uh, last question. Right. Uh, we started talking about you on podcasts and alluded to potential mysterious projects you may have in the future. But let's end it with a similar thing to bring it full circle. If you could start a podcast with anyone in the world about anything, maybe it's something you do have planned that you can't talk about, but we're like shooting for the stars here. What would it be and with whom? Uh, I would do a podcast with Sasha Banks. About and, whatever and, she and wants Nick, to talk about. And Nick Young? A three a three man weave? No, just no, I don't need Nick Young no? around okay. uh, you know, messing up messing up my opportunity to be friends with Sasha Banks. Now just me and Sasha just talking about life. Love it. Sasha and Shill, it can be called, or something old talk radio. Yeah, yeah. she'll just yeah, she'll just be like, you know, life is great, I'm a wrestler, my husband's a nice man, he does my costumes, etc. etc. I'll be like, That's interesting, and that will be the show. Tell me more. I'll just right. listen. <laughs> I love yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're very fascinating. Continue, please. Well. You... I'm a Sasha Banks, Mark. I oh, I, I couldn't Banks. tell. Yeah, I couldn't tell at all. You couldn't tell? Uh, not not yeah. whatsoever. Uh, Dave, thanks so much, man. Uh, plug what you got to plug. Any social media accounts where people can find more about you, your writing, your future projects. Go for it. Uh, if you want to know more about me, follow me on Twitter at Dave underscore Schilling. Uh, I write for Bleach Report. Uh, go to bleachreport.com for your sports news and information and all of that stuff. And I'll pop up when I pop up and, uh, you know, anything I write or work on, you'll probably find on my Twitter. So the best thing to do is just follow me on Twitter. All right. Beautiful. Well, uh, thanks for coming on, doing the favors. Much appreciated. Enjoy the Dodgers game tonight. Uh, enjoy SummerSlam from wherever you choose to watch it. I'm sure the comfort of your home and, uh, I appreciate it, man. Hopefully we uh, run into each other, uh, maybe mania next year or something again. Absolutely, man. Take care. All right, beautiful. And thanks to you guys for listening. Make sure to check out MikeJanella.com for all previous episodes, information on the outro music you're hearing right now, and all my social media links as well, at MikeJanella, everywhere you want. Thanks again to Dave Schilling. Appreciate it, brother. And thanks to you guys for coming on and uh, this journey this week. I'll do even better next time. See ya.